The audience was a little older. I think it was more like birds of eat, pray, love. <laughs> That's dumb. Okay. Anyway, that dumb joke means that you are, <laughs> that you have turned on the Screen Fix podcast, the podcast where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Lady Wan, say hi to everybody. Hello. And with us is a special guest, first time guest. This is M from Geek Fluent Girl. Why don't you say hi to everybody, M? Hello. Okay, that's her. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that and was lame. <laughs> no, it's not lame. But we will discuss whether or not this movie was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. Judging from these faces, I'm getting. I'm getting daggers. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I'm going to be the prey here. This week, we will be fixing a movie that I believe fanboys and fangirls had high hopes for. It is a spinoff of Suicide Squad. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Did you guys enjoy Suicide Squad? Absolutely not. Glad we got a recap because I kind of put it out of my memory. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, the recap in the beginning of the... Yep. Okay, so uh, the only thing we could be talking about is Birds of Prey and the emancipation of one... Fantabulous oh, <clears throat> And the ridiculously long name of one title of a film starring one Harley Quinn. Man, I didn't hear you complaining about Birdman. <laughs> I never said the other part of Birdman, ever. <laughs> no, I don't think I've never? ever said it. Oh my God, take away your film nerd card. I don't... <laughs> That movie just makes me depressed. Like the footage of Michael Keaton taking out his little thank you speech and then having to put it away at the Oscars oh, is the saddest thing I've ever seen in, in my oh, entire life. And he so lost sad. it to Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, the guy who is either shouting or whispering. There's no in between with him. <laughs> We've gone so far off track to introduce oh, yeah. this movie. By the way, we're doing Birds of Prey trailer. <laughs> Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh. So quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. I'm so peaceful. I'm but it turns out <laughs> that wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. <laughs> He's after all of us. We can't just rob him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. You never. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're gonna have to work together. Sure. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. Are we ready? You blow up. Okay, so the movie Birds of Prey 
is based on the DC Comics team, Birds of Prey. It's the eighth film in the DC Extended Universe. And like I said, it is a spinoff of Suicide Squad. It was directed by Kathy Yan, who coincidentally became the first female Asian director to direct a superhero film. Mm -hmm. And it is starring Margot Robbie, who also is a producer on the film. It also stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Ali Wong, uh, and Ewan McGregor as well as many others. So producer Margot Robbie pitched the film to Warner Brothers in 2015. She said, quote, she wanted it to be an R-rated girl gang film featuring Harley because she was like, hey, Harley needs friends. She said that Harley loves interacting with people, so she doesn't ever want to do a standalone film. So yeah, so DC finally greenlit this film, and it of course has Harley Quinn. The Birds of Prey team is Black Canary, Huntress, Cassandra Kane, and Renee uh, Montoya. And they are basically against the Batman villain Black Mask. What's interesting about this team is the comics incarnation of Birds of Prey does not have Harley Quinn at all. The Birds of Prey in the comic is Barbara Gordon, which is, of course, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, and Batgirl. So this series uh, originally was Batgirl and Black Canary, and then different members went in and out, especially Huntress. It never had uh, Harley Quinn, though, in the comics, so there's a new twist to it. Why don't you guys tell me, Birds of Prey, what did you know about it before you came into the movie? Harley Quinn, is she a big character to you? Why don't you go first, guest M, Geek Fluent Girl? Well, I was familiar with Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Hi, boys. And I feel like they played off of this movie as Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn because I feel like this movie would not have come across the same way if it was from the other depictions of Harley Quinn. Mr. J. Though, actually, even though like I love Harley Quinn and I'm familiar with her, I really liked the whole ride that we were taking on. What a ride! Because all I can just say is like this movie just felt really fun. I felt like I was just in Harley Quinn's head. Like this is how Harley Quinn views the world. Lots of glitter, lots of fireworks, just blowing up shit. <laughs> and the fact <laughs> is, is I appreciated that most of the female characters, nobody really talked about a guy except for Harley Quinn when she was just talking about like you know her breakup with Mr. J exactly and (laughs) truthfully it's like I don't need a lot to be entertained by a movie bunch of girls kicking ass taking names being awesome so giving each other hair ties exactly that was great that's what we do you gotta do before you like (laughs) kick some ass you gotta put your hair up yeah (laughs) All right, let's go to Lady One Lady One Birds of Prey, were you familiar with the property mm-hmm. before the movie? And uh, Harley Quinn, what are your thoughts on Harley Quinn? Does she do a lot for you? Go ahead, Lady One. So I remember Birds of Prey being a TV show that I didn't watch. The Birds of Prey. Like, I remember it happening. I think it was on, like, the WB, because I didn't watch anything on the WB. But I, I knew it was a thing. I was pretty sure Harley Quinn didn't have anything to do with it. And then I loved the Batman cartoons when Wait, I was a kid. You have to call it Batman the Animated Series. You can't call it Batman cartoons. Mm, pretty sure I can. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, this Batman the Animated <laughs> Series, I mean, because it was just like the best of darkest Batman. It was so good. It made you like excited for Saturday morning cartoons. It was actually Batman the Animated Series started in prime time. Oh. 
Oh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was adult uh, animated series, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Like, the, when they had, like, the scenes of when you watch, like, Robin's family die, like, during their trapeze <laughs> Right? Act. That's some pretty yeah. heavy yeah. subject matter, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I know there's been a lot of talk about empty theaters and things like that. When you saw it, what was your theater-going mm-hmm. experience, Lady One? There were not a lot of people in the theater, and it was the Thursday night opening in IMAX, and probably less than 30 people. Yeah. And then I keep checking on my AMC app to see how they're doing. And every time I look, there's maybe five tickets sold. It's a lot of empty theaters. And um, it's pretty disappointing because it's a super fun movie. I don't understand why nobody wants to go. Why do you think uh, not a lot of people showed up to this one, uh, Geek Fluent Girl M? I know that there was the whole change of the name mm. to make it more like Harley Quinn because since the fact, unless everybody read the whole title of Birds of Prey, they're like, oh, what is that? I saw it on a Tuesday at AMC and digital. $5 Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I honestly think that's like why there were more people there. Say maybe about 60 people. It was an interesting age range. You can tell like a lot of people were older and they <gasps> just didn't know what they signed up for. <laughs> Birds of eat, pray, love. There it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look at it. It comes back. What do you attribute the sparse theaters with, uh, Lady One? So I think after, after the amount of time it's been, it's been a week since this movie came out, I feel like it's not just one thing because it's there are like four or five different things that people are positing are the reason it failed. And if there's four or five potential problems, sounds like there's one big problem. Like it's rated R. So you've just cut out a huge potential audience. Young girls that may be fans of, of Harley Quinn are all cut out of it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So immediately you've lost that audience, which means you've also lost their parents who would be taking them because anytime a movie is for kids, those kids, those like nine year olds aren't rolling in solo like their parents are with them. It's double the ticket sales immediately because somebody has to go with them. So you've immediately got that problem. Second problem is the name is bonkers because nobody really knows it's a Harley Quinn movie. And that's the brand recognition that you would bank on. Third problem is advertising, I don't really feel like it was heavily marketed enough. And maybe that's just kind of something that happens with R-rated movies is they're not marketed as much, but it's still an issue. And then, you know, I think on top of that, it's a soft sequel to a movie that everyone knows was absolute garbage. So like, what are you working with here? Like this movie was up against it before it even came out. And it had to be absolutely perfect to even have a shot. And it's damn near perfect. And it's still all the stories are how it's underperforming. But you can look at similar movies and it's just a matter of phrasing if it's underperforming or not. Um, You can say $33 million is disappointing if you want to. Or you can say it's a good weekend. You know, it's it's subjective the way that it's being reported on. You can see it. You can look at the way they report on other movies and it's not really getting a fair portrayal in its performance. Sure, it could be doing better. Absolutely. But the story is how bad it's doing, which is not going to make anybody go see it. The story isn't how good it is. They just compare it to other DCEU movies. So the closest comparisons Mm -hmm. are Shazam, which made more money than this one. And then the other one is, of course, since it's a spinoff, they're going to compare it to its its predecessor, which just exploded out of the gate and made a ton of money despite how terrible it was. So it's Mm -hmm. being held to standards that might be a bit um, unfair. But 
Joker is literally just called Joker, right? Imagine if Joker was called like yep. Arkham Inmates and the origin of one insane mental patient, Joker. Arthur Fleck and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> Like, what the heck? And, like, imagine if it was called that. There's no way it's making as much money. And I think it was uh, David from, nope. from Peasing Pod on Twitter said, if this movie was just called Harley Quinn, it makes $10 million more, at least. Hopefully it will now. <laughs> I, I hope the damage hasn't been done and it gets some good word of mouth because the word of mouth on it is that it's good, right? I don't know. You still don't think about, like, the entire, like, Harley Quinn fangirl club who storms all the Comic-Cons. You know they saw this movie. Yeah, well, where were all they at? Well, where, they're like 12, we're, we're, they're, so they see? probably couldn't get they in. They cut out so. the 12-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Terrible. See, like somebody should have said, by the way, 12-year-old girls absolutely love this Harley Quinn person. This needs to be PG-13. You know? You know what I mean? I feel like they could have gotten away with it. Like, it, it, there's some movies that need to be rated R, and this one, they they could have squeezed. Yes. In fact, when I was watching the movie, I was looking for rated R moments. And really, aside from maybe mm -hmm. her breaking that guy's legs, I was like, where are the real rated mm -hmm. R moments in here? Like, this isn't really earning its R rating for me. It's it's bordering on PG-13. They should have just went PG-13. If they were going to go R, this movie should have been graphically violent. And it, it kind of stayed in that safe, almost like fun violence zone. Yeah, I feel like the the violence could have been managed at PG-13 and it wouldn't have felt like you were losing anything from it. But I feel like I read that I think it was Margot Robbie who was pretty insistent that language be a reason why it would be R-rated and she didn't want to dial down Harley Quinn's language, which one, I would kind of argue that that's silly because the character originated in a cartoon Animated and she wasn't series. swearing all the time. Like, no, I'm going to keep calling it a cartoon because now I know it bothers you. So I think you could have dealt with that. Also, if you wanted her to be swearing all the time, like have fun with it in the style of the movie like draw like a scribble mark over her mouth and like make animal noises or something happen like play with the fact that she's yeah. saying fuck all the time do something fun with it and let all the like teenage girls and younger who want to go see it go see it a guy should have shown his full frontal junk and she should have just slammed her big hammer down on it uh i don't know <laughs> that will earn you your r would we really want that? No. Honestly, this tells you by watch a lot of R-rated movies and very graphic movies. I completely forgot it was R-rated because honestly, the fight scenes were awesome like Kill Bill. And to me, I mm -hmm. guess I am just a bad person because I just didn't see it being R-rated. <laughs> but if some guy got his balls yeah. smashed by a hammer, you'd think it was R-rated. Yeah, you're right. That would be a wake-up call. And I would just be like, Oh. And she goes, egg sandwich, because she loves egg sandwiches. <laughs> no, don't cheapen the best, the best part of the movie right. as she's okay, chasing okay, okay. her egg sandwich. That's the true love story, is Harley and her sandwich. It seems like you liked it very much, and yeah. you liked it very much. Yes. Okay. Yes. How did you feel about it? Well, I thought it was fun, and I was just there to have fun. I don't necessarily think uh -huh. it was a great movie, but I, I had fun with it. And that's all that I was asking for from this movie. So I would give it an A minus if I was going to rate it or something like that, you know. So we all, I, I think we all liked it. But did people <laughs> throw their money down on it? Did the people like it? Give us the grosses. Give us the... <laughs> tomatoes doses i was trying to make a rhyme and i failed really hard right there <laughs> so go ahead give us the fresh hot stats 
Well, as we've previously covered, this movie only made $33 million in the U.S. its first weekend. It made another $48 million overseas. So its worldwide opening was around $81 million. That's not that bad. Do you know what the budget of this one was? Uh, I think it was around $97 million. Ooh, So this thing needs to make about $200 million worldwide? I think so. I wish I could remember who tweeted this today. But somebody tweeted it and said, basically like, hey, I think I just found sexism because they screenshotted the article covering Ford versus Ferrari's opening of $31 million its first weekend, and its budget was $97 million, and the article was like, Ford versus Ferrari has an amazing opening weekend. And then Birds of Prey made 33 and had the same budget, and it had a disappointing weekend. So not super sure why uh, they get to decide that. But again, they just throw an adjective in the headline. They do. There is major... Like, if you go on... I think YouTube's the worst, but if you go on YouTube right now, there is so much vitriol being thrown at the the uh, at the uh, movies that are coming out that are about females, female empowerment, or like gender swapping kind mm-hmm. of films. These white dudes are mad, and and every time a movie doesn't well, perform uh, up to projections, they just love it. They just start rubbing butter on their nipples, laughing and getting weird. They've had everything for so long, and the idea that somebody else might have something as well as them, not instead of them, as well as them, is just scaring them silly. I, why don't you give us the tomato informa? The tomatoes. This movie is certified fresh at 80%. Critics enjoy it. The popcorn score is 81%. Audiences mm-hmm. love it. So it's it's third in the DC movies behind Wonder Woman at 93% and Shazam at 90%. Yet nobody wants to go see it. It's not going to be ignored forever. It's just pissing me off that no one will go give it the money now. I agree. I mean, honestly, you look at the audience scores and you're like, why haven't you checked it out? I have a cousin-in-law <laughs> and she saw it like two days after it opened and she is an older lady and she doesn't really ever go to movies, but she was so excited like when her um, her husband <laughs> took her to the movies and I remember oh, you she posted all the poster of them standing in front and yeah, Aww. I know. You know, dating your spouse is so important for longevity. Eugene took me out to a lovely night. We went to Shells and then watched Boyds of Prey. Shells. That was lovely. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin works uh, at a restaurant called the which kind of is close to Shells. Yeah, it is. The food's way better. All right. So before we jump into this, before we fix a movie, I got to read the quick and dirty plot summary brought to us by, it's not even brought to us by, I just use this site. (laughs) I don't know why I give them so much promotion. It's ridiculous. They don't know who I am, but I use their site. Movie Pooper, wiping away the excess. Oh boy. Here we go. Birds of Prey from Movie Pooper. Here we go. After breaking up with the Joker of Mr. J. Harley Quinn tries to make it on her own in Gotham City, but soon finds that without Joker around to protect her, other far worse criminals want her dead. Are they far worse? Or I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> crime boss Ramon Sionis. Isn't it just crime Roman? boss Roman Sionis has stolen the Bertinelli diamond, which contains accounts to the massive Bertinelli mob family fortune. It is stolen again by young pickpocket Cassandra Kane, who then swallows the diamond. Harley gets cast before Roman's goons do. Meanwhile, detective Renee Montoya and lounge singer Dinah Lance 
aka Black Canary, work together against Roman. Although Harley bonds with Cass, it becomes clear that they are not safe with Roman's thugs after them. She offers to give up Cass for protection and arranges to meet up at a theme park. Montoya and Dinah arrange to meet there as well, which alerts Roman's buddy Victor Zaz that Dinah is betraying him. At the theme park, Zaz tries to kill Harley, Dinah, and Cass, but he is killed by Helena Bertinelli, aka Huntress, who has been training for revenge since Zaz was among the men that murdered her family for the diamond. Roman and an army of goons show up, forcing the ladies to team up and fight. After defeating the thugs, Roman takes Cass to the pier, where Harley follows. They kill Roman by planting a grenade on him and throwing him over the pier, where he explodes. <laughs> Harley takes Cass under her wing, while Montoya quits the GCPD to join Dinah and Helena to form the Birds of Prey and continue fighting crime. That was fantastic. That's a bird of prey. Um... <laughs> All right, so before we just start fixing a movie, a lot of people work on a movie. Thousands of people work on a movie, good movies, bad movies. A lot of work goes into them, and we're going to give them their due. What is one thing you really liked about Birds of Prey? M. Oh, I have to only have one thing? Yes. Uh, well, honestly, I had to like read about Cassandra Kane because I was like, she's so badass. Oh, the little orphan. The being taken over orphan. the wing. Played by Ella J. Basco. Yeah. By Harley, I have to say, like, my favorite moment of the movie is when she pickpockets a ring and she's like, oh, I have your ring right here. And then you realize it's literally a grenade on Roman. That oh, was awesome. Yeah. 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 Cass is an excellent pickpocket. I liked her, too. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, I, I'm half Asian. Wait, <laughs> was, was that what, what drew you to be on this show? Was our diversity? Yes, yes, exactly. And also, too, because you guys seem to be like like nerds like me. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, Lady Wan, one <laughs> thing you really like, Birds of Prey. I think what I really enjoyed was just the irreverence and just all-out bonkers fun of the movie. I love that you're still rooting for Harley Quinn while she's like, throwing up yeah she's blowing stuff up she's maiming people she's dismembering people she's just she's so completely fucked up but it's just so fun while it's happening that like i'm not even yeah, mad i even like how she stayed true to herself like at that one point where she tries to literally turn cassie in and i'm like yeah. man she's not good and i like that uh aspect of her like she's just she's bad what did you like about this movie? Oh my God, JC. the return of Rosie Perez. Okay, I'll take national disasters for 100, please. This volcano's eruption buried the city of Pompeii in 79 AD. Gloria. What is Mount Suvius? Ooh, I better get a ruling on that one. Our judges indicate that that's close enough. Select again. Yes. All right, let's go with the uh, foods that start with the letter Q, please. <laughs> I love her. She was a she was a such a great. 90 star like there was like a couple years there where rosie perez was huge do you remember that i do yeah i'm trying to think of like something offhand uh well her, probably her biggest role was in white men can't jump oh gosh you're really going way back yeah white men can't jump she's so great in that i honestly have missed rosie perez so much and i was so happy to see her in this i have no idea how old she is she's got to be really old now and i was glad that this movie had diverse cast but also diverse ages Rosie Perez is 55. Mm -hmm. 55. And then honestly, like um, Mary Winstead, I just remembered her from Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. 
So and uh, she was also in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, that's true. Uh, she's also the woman that uh, Ewan McGregor left his wife for. I do not remember that movie. <laughs> yes, no, it's not a movie. That's real life. <laughs> no, in real life. <laughs> okay, you can take. That's away, the movie we're all in every day. Card, like, oh wait, I don't know all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with those pleasantries out of the way, what do you guys say we fix this movie? What do you think? Let's okay. do it. <laughs> You could just get like a bird noise and then you wouldn't have no, to do that. I like doing it. All right. <laughs> what? You are so cool. Okay, why don't we let our guest go first? M, the geek fluent girl, why don't you give us your first fix? Okay, so you guys were mentioning the cast of characters at the beginning. And honestly, mm-hmm. I when I first walked in to AMC, I was like, oh my gosh. Ali Wong is in this. How did I not see that? Yeah. I didn't know either. I was so excited. I'm like, she's going to be a badass character because I love Ali Wong. I mean, she she's comedic genius. She writes the best material. What she's, is the Netflix movie? Always, Always be, be my, my maybe. maybe. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Missed you so much. I missed your mouth. I missed your heart. Oh, God, I missed your beard. I missed your light. Oh, I missed your chin. I missed your soul. I missed your ass. I missed your spirit. I missed your thumbs. I missed your eyes. You're so good with your thoughts. So good. It's so good. It's so good. I love Ali Wong and her glasses representation. Absolutely. You both are rocking glasses right now. <laughs> we are. Very, Aww. very stylishly, I must say. Aw. Thank you. You guys would give Ali Wong a run for her bespectacled money. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so with that being said obviously i'm a huge ali wong fangirl and i was like oh she's gonna be incredible and then i was a little disappointed to learn that she was more of a plot device i was Mm -hmm. like i mean i think that was amazing to be like she's in a relationship with renee montoya well past relationship because she was her ex and then yeah her role is she's the assistant da and she's like i'm gonna stop you Montoya, I don't really have a lot else to say, but you got this evidence (laughs) that you showed me and I'm turning you in. And I honestly was like, I wanted more to her to be like, is she Mm. sort of like being paid off by Roman's goons or whatever? Because she didn't really have a reason why. Roman clearly is a villain. He literally is murdering people all over the city. Why is she protecting him? Oh, also, that would be very interesting. Like, Ali Wong's character being paid off, which is a betrayal to Renee Montoya, would be a big character motivation for Renee. I agree. And honestly, so she could just, like, get in some more of those Ali Wong barbs. Mm-hmm. I don't want women tearing each other, but I really wanted some snarky, sarcastic Ali Wong comments. <laughs> I felt like she probably looked at that dialogue and she's like, I guess I have to say this. Like, I can't add my own flair. That's just, I I just felt like she could have did more with that character. Yeah, she was underutilized for sure. I don't want women tearing each other down. I want them eyeing each other down. That would have been rated R, right? Uh, Lustful glances to be like, I remember this time that we had in Paris. But then that that would have kind of taken the story off in a whole other direction so all right (laughs) i will stop being a weird male no just a male (laughs) the bar is low (laughs) what you are so cool lady one it's your turn why don't you give us because i'm a gentleman actually and i let the ladies go first despite what people may think why don't you give us your first fix so the soundtrack 
to this movie, as the kids say, slaps. It is a ton of fantastic female artists with high energy oh. songs that totally match the vibe of the Halsey, movie. Halsey, right, is one of them? She's one of oh. them. I would like you to play Diamonds by Megan Thee Stallion and Normani under this while I'm talking. Just add that. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, hold on. Let me hit play. <laughs> All right. Go. That song is so good. But I loved the scene where Harley has like her weird fantasy and breaks into the Diamonds are a girl's best friend. And then it doesn't happen again. Like she just had like one musical fantasy. I'm like, couldn't, couldn't we have done that a little bit more? That, that would have just been like a fun character quirk for her to have, to just like hop into these weird musical fantasies for a moment. And there's more opportunities for them in the movie. She could have had like a weird like cabaret moment when she's in the club with Canary, like who is a singer. It's set up right there that she could be like in that weird fantasy she's having. Also, Ewan McGregor, he can sing. What can't can he be like in this number too? Like, I just wish we could have had two or three more weird fantasy dance song and dance numbers like that. That's right. Ewan is in Moulin Rouge. And also, he did like appear with Nicole Kidman when she's singing Diamonds and Neil and Rouge, Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Mm-hmm. I had a moment mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, he probably is like, I never thought this would happen again. Yeah. A girl <laughs> singing this song with me here. Yep. That's an interesting connection that you just found there. <laughs> oh, I totally thought of that as soon as she started singing again. I was like, oh. She's the narrator of this movie. Mm-hmm. She can go off and have musical numbers throughout. Like when I was watching the film, I was like, oh, we're doing this? This is weird. And yeah. it would have felt less weird if it if was- If it a, happened it, again. It, right. If it was like a recurring <laughs> character trait yeah. of like her weird mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good fix. By the way, do any of you guys break out to musical numbers in your, your minds? I mean, I always like, really get happy when I hear I'll make a man out of you from Moulin Rouge. Oh, I hear well, that that's, a lot in my head. Wait, that's just from Moulin, not Moulin Rouge. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, Moulin. So, Although I need to yeah. Photoshop that poster. What a mashup. Moulin That would be a Rouge. crazy mashup. <laughs> Are we good? Voulou, vous coucher, there's some Hans. <laughs> what? You are so cool. JC. Yeah. What's your first fix? Mm, you want my opinion? No, I want your fix. Hey, okay. Um, <laughs> so my first one's small. Basically, at the end of the movie, it's this thing where I think it's uh, Renee Montoya knows that Canary has that gift. Yeah, I think think it was Renee Montoya and she suddenly unleashes this you know she screams and that that canary blast comes out and it blasts like henchmen and stuff like that mm-hmm. no one else seems to have any superpowers no and then canary has this crazy yelling superpower and it's a little out of place in a movie like this none of Batman's rogues gallery 
really had superpowers until a lot later in Batman's run. His thing was he was a uh, detective and most people had either they were either just psychotic or were using like uh, gases or drugs or they were using super tech, but nobody had powers. Mm -hmm. So she's almost like a mutant Mm -hmm. and uh, which really doesn't uh, fit into this movie because no one else has any superpowers. So what I would do is if there is a superpowered being on their side, I want a superpowered human being introduced on the bad side as well. So it's not so strange when she shows her superpower. So I look through kind of like Batman's lesser rogues gallery and who I really came up with was a villain whose name is Clayface. Ew, I remember that from the cartoon. Really? Okay. Okay. So I thought maybe one of Black Mask's henchmen could have been Clayface. And really his thing is that, you know, he's pretty much made of clay and he's got shape-shifting powers. So it's like Black Mask needs to put on a mask to look different. Clayface, he's constantly making masks. He can look like anything he wants to. And also at the end when Canary finally shows her power, since he's made of, he's basically made of clay or, I mean, he's not really made of clay. It's not like just clay, but since he's clay-like, Canary's power can just obliterate the clay, right? You. So, right. And it's you kind splash of- splash everywhere on people? Yeah. Cry, it's, so it's kind <laughs> of gross. And it also shows that somebody else in this universe has some kind of power other than just being a normal human being. So when Canary screams out, it's not like, what's what's going on? Nobody else in this movie has any powers. What is this? Mm-hmm. So I thought that that would have given both sides a kind of superhuman strength kind of character. And it makes it to where it's not so odd when Canary does her super scream. Because in this movie, nobody has superpowers. Makes sense. I mean, uh, I've worn a clay mask on my face. And when I peel it off, I definitely look different shiny glistening less blackheads <laughs> what you are so cool M, the geek fluent girl why don't you give us your second fix you know actually your fix is very similar to the one that i had hey i was basically like okay black canary she needs to show more of her powers than that final melee battle yeah, that you're talking about awesome and honestly, I had to like look up the character after I saw the movie since I wasn't familiar with all the birds of prey. And I felt like the first time we kind of get an idea of Canary's power is when Harley, like, you know, in a Harley coily way is like, she's got a killer voice. Yeah. And they're like, okay, all right, that's, that's leading up to something. And then you see her perform A Man's World, which mm-hmm. I thought was great because I felt like it's kind of the theme of the movie behind a in a man's world there's there's always a, a woman who's really calling all the shots huh like yeah i mean come yeah on. i think we let people think we let them think they're calling the shots you can't even say that sentence <laughs> <laughs> so of course she finishes that amazing song which even makes roman you know quit being such a douche and then, of course, she shadows the glass on the table, yeah. which I think was actually his, which in a way is semblance oh. of 
I don't know. Ooh. Like maybe, maybe she's not always going to be on his side because he thinks I have my canary in the cage. I got her where I want her. Oh, she's going to do all my bidding. Wait, has did did he say that line in the movie? No. Yeah. Oh, I mean, missed opportunity. I know. I know. I. I mean, I still feel like they talked about the canary in a cage, but yeah, I, I'm not gonna put words into Roman's mouth. He's already a terrible character. Do we need to add to it? <laughs> yeah, he's bad. All right. So, what did you want to see her character do in that final melee battle? Well, I agree with you. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. That she had like this awesome voice power. Even though you're like, oh, well, she shattered this glass. She can do a lot of things. But I didn't feel like that was like a superhuman mutant power. And now that you mentioned that. Yeah. How does Canary get her power? Yeah. I wanted to see. I know. Um, I feel like in all of her fight sequences, it was great. And then, you know, Roman is like, oh, she's she's incredible. I want her as my bodyguard. And she never like uses her voice. She could just... Mm -hmm do like small bursts of what she showed in that finals battle scene. So then you'd be like, oh, I'm so ready for this. Like she's going to unleash everything. And mm-hmm. instead there's like, I think you hear like, I want, you're right. Is it Harley or Renee? Yeah. Where she basically tells Cassandra, cover your ears. Yeah. And then she yeah. just like, and then Canary just like lets loose and lets them have it. So I think it wouldn't have been as I wouldn't say jarring. I enjoyed it. I just felt like it was really out of place and it took me out of the moment of Harley Quinn's glittery pop fun world. (laughs) Okay, so you wanted to see how she got her power. Yeah, I would have been amazing to have a backstory on that. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, Harley Quinn was giving, gave Huntress an entire backstory. Mm -hmm. She could have done that with Canary too. So then it wasn't so out of place when Canary did her scream. I absolutely agree. Awesome. Good fix. It could have been all animated, like little drawings of like little people like falling over when she like, like that would have been cool. And then like, you know that it's going to happen, but you haven't seen it really happen until the final scene. Yeah. yeah, A little drawing of it would have been fun. We should have seen her hit her fifth octave like Mariah Canary. That was pretty good. (laughs) 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 What? You are so cool. Lady one. Why don't you give us your next fix? So I got the idea for my second fix from uh, Gail Simone, who wrote the Birds of Prey books. Uh, She started writing the comic books in 2003. Uh And she loved the movie. She talked about how great it was how exciting it was she was not like a consultant on it or anything um even though she wrote a lot of the source material but she loved the movie but she said they didn't she didn't really feel like the cassandra kane character was like really true to the source material and like yeah that's gonna happen it's a comic book movie i get it but i actually think that that would be something i would fix in this movie so cassandra kane goes on to be bad girl and i feel Uh like that's Biting off a little bit more than this movie needs to chew. Like, we don't need to be seeing the 13-year-old version of somebody who, if you're building your movie universe, you're going to want to make your Batgirl movie one day. We don't need to be tying that story to this. Like, you're handcuffing yourself, and you're also wasting a character who's not going to be Batgirl in this movie. She's 13-year-old in foster care. So, 
I went ahead and I looked at who she could be instead because the character's still awesome. She's pickpocket. She's snarky. She's a great performance in the movie. Yeah. So I went to go find an alternative. Who did you find? I found a character called Sin. 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 So now we're getting rated R. (laughs) Sin actually has a close relationship with Black Canary. They have like a mother-daughter kind of relationship, which makes sense in the context of this movie that she like goes and sees her in foster care. She like she gets it. So that relationship already exists in the comics. Sin is a martial arts master and she eventually becomes like so much of a threat to the league of assassins that they try to kidnap her and they have to like fake her death so that no one will know where she is because she's going to be so incredible so she's still a really cool character she still is an asian character and it's one that we don't know as well so you're not kind of wasting a potential bad girl here and she still gets to have that relationship with black canary i think it makes a little bit more sense for who we saw in the movie it does, and that's awesome that you pointed out that Cassandra Kane is eventually one of the Batgirl characters. Uh, look at you with your deep comics knowledge. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm impressed because also, too, when I looked up Cassandra Kane, I was like, wait, she was an assassin? I did not get that at all from the movie because you mm-hmm. just, she's like, you know, she's like raised on the streets, just pickpocketing yeah, yeah. her way through the world. Freaking Gen Z. There's nothing at all that... <laughs> shows that she has a potential to murder people except of course the awesome grenade scene so (laughs) i love i love that fix it's like more of a believable character and still it wouldn't take away the limelight from harley quinn yeah i i totally agree with the this fix and i agree with what the league of assassins tried to do i'm always trying to bury my sin you know (laughs) am i right everybody am i right Oh. All right, nobody's agreeing. Okay. Yeah. I'm on my own here. Yeah. <laughs> what? You are so cool. JC. Yes. Do you have a second fix? I do, and my second fix is going to change this whole movie. Oh, snap. So, basically, this movie, I felt like, was one big stretched out first act of a movie they don't become any kind of team till there's about 10 minutes left of this movie the entire movie is basically set up so uh, and since they don't get together until there's 10 minutes left that means that they themselves have no real relationship to each other it's all of it's all very superficial so i just want them to get right to it i don't want this stretched out skip the harley backstory if you want to tell her backstory just make a harley quinn movie I want our female heroes to get together way earlier. Mm -hmm. Let's get these characters together in the second act to defeat a lesser villain. They need to get together maybe to fight. I have a couple people here. There's a Batman villain whose name is Hush, who is like, uh, I figure he's like a foil for Black Canary because his name's Hush. But uh, Mm. uh, he uh, surgically removes his own face and has reconstructive surgery to look like Bruce Wayne. So he's yeah. pretty psycho. Oh my gosh. And that'll give an extra oh. like Batman connection. Oh man, I love how fucked up Batman villains Bat are. Bat villains are <laughs> really favorite. disgusting. Yeah, so, and there's, uh, you know, or maybe they can be fighting a, a female villain. Uh, there's a female uh, named Matilda Mathis, whose alias is Dollhouse. She's actually more of a Catwoman villain, but, you know, same 
same thing. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter to a villain called the Doll Maker, and she mm-hmm. wears a porcelain mask that's grafted to her face. And dresses like a psycho nurse. And she turns her victims' bodies into dolls. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's so dark. So the, <laughs> That's like my nightmares. So these <laughs> characters can get together maybe to confront one of these lesser villains first. Beat that one villain. And then what happens is, is our three, Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya, they all decide to become the birds of prey. And they implore Harley to, to, to join them because they just joined forces for this thing. But that's not mm-hmm. what Harley does. She will not join them. Yeah. So she gets into a relationship, actually, because she has a type and she has a weakness for these crazy, uh, emotionally, psychologically manipulative men like Joker, like Black Mask. And she starts to date Black Mask and she continues committing crimes. Enter the Cassandra Kane stuff. Cassandra Kane comes into the movie, and here's where she does the robbery. Roman wants the thing back from her, and the birds of prey get pulled into this Cassandra Kane thing. And since Cassandra Kane gets kidnapped, so now Black Mask and Harley Quinn are almost like kidnapper dad, kidnapper mom to Cassandra Kane. She sees how abusive that black mask is to cassandra kane Mm. and cassandra kane helps her realize like that this dude is terrible for her this dude is awful right like you cannot like you have to break this cycle and she witnesses black mask being terrible and abusive to cassandra kane who she's now seeing as like a younger version of herself uh maybe cassandra kane's father kicked her out just like her father kicked her out and she does not like black mask abusing her so here comes the birds of prey trying to get cassandra back black mask is terrible cassandra's been showing harley that this guy is terrible now she's got a dilemma does she help the birds of prey who is it who are people that she teamed up with earlier in this movie and she probably meets up with multiple times later Mm -hmm. as she's involved in black mask so she's that relationship's building as well or does she help the physically and emotionally abusive and manipulative black mask Uh she ends up choosing the birds of prey and turns on black mass she chooses sisterhood she chooses being her own woman she chooses breaking the cycle of abusive men over black mask and that's kind of i think it makes the story less of one giant exposition leading up to a 10 minute team up and gives the story more to chew on yeah so that's my uh that's that's my my second fix for birds of prey that is a lot deeper of a movie than what we saw. <laughs> Though that's that's really interesting. I liked how you kind of like decided to include more of the true Cassandra Kane like character. Uh, I just I'm like ah, I just don't want to see Harley go through an, like an abusive like relationship like as a rebound. Right, cycle. but that's <laughs> what we all do, right? Like we 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 need to break that cycle. And this movie is about Harley breaking that cycle. And helping these birds of prey, these other women. And even if she doesn't ultimately leave crime completely, she's a changed better person. I like it strictly for the fact that it gives us more birds of prey as a team. There was not enough. No, it was just kind of a, and then they formed a team. There's like a freeze frame of them jumping or something. It's like, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? needs more birds of prey right i mean the movie's called birds of prey first with harley quinn after it 
And there's no birds of prey in this movie. They're at the very end. Yeah. It takes too long to get to that part. Yeah, I agree. It's basically it's like Harley has to be like, okay, guys, we have all these guys after us. Let's just all work together. And they're like, all right, let's like open up this chest. And surprisingly, we all have like a weapon that we all can use. That should have been the first 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I like it. Females, man. Women power. Women power. <laughs> I have a mom. I have a sister. They can't see the faces we're giving you. <laughs> Why can't I be part of this women power movement? Oh, it's okay. You can be an ally. Uh, By the way, the birds of prey almost always had male ally characters. I mean, I we let be you be on this episode. We let you. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what? You are so cool. All right. Without further ado, I think we should consider Birds of Prey screen fit. I was waiting for it. (laughs) All right. Lady Wan, do you have a final thought on Birds of Prey? I I do. Oh, so I just. I don't know. I don't want to poke holes in this movie because it's a fun comic book movie and it's a great time and it's a little silly and it's a little crazy. I don't know. It's just I don't want to complain about it. But if you're trying to hide something really valuable, like the codes to your bank account, why would you put it on something really valuable like a diamond? Why <laughs> would you not? That but it's, someone would want to steal, right? Like they already want it because it's a diamond. Why did you take a super valuable thing that someone wants to steal and make it even more valuable? What kind of planning was that? What should it? What is something <laughs> nobody wants to steal? Like uh, put it on somebody's old retainer. <laughs> a retainer a retainer that and you could just wear the numbers in your mouth nobody's yeah. stealing it yeah yeah that actually would work way better <laughs> and then that's a fun reveal when you're like i've got the code to you guys and you just pull it right out <laughs> i love not as sexy hilarious. as a diamond but a lot more useful and easy to carry <laughs> okay m oh man Geek fluent girl I love that. Do you have I, a I was final thinking thought? that too about like why put it on a diamond? Though I just love this movie and I, I honestly really want a fun gun. I mean, that that <laughs> opening scene in the police department was amazing. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. Oh, I mean, where, it was wait, so cool. Is, wasn't she shooting everybody with with bean bags? Bean bags and glitter and glitter and glitter. <laughs> yes. So I'm saying, I want to be in Harley Quinn's world. I I know it can be kind of rough, but it's glitter and fireworks. <laughs> okay. Do you have a final thought, JC? Me? Yeah. So there were a number of different actresses that were talked about for these roles, and Ooh. I'm gonna name some of them, and I want you to give me a. Yes, this movie would have been better. Or, nah, this movie, that doesn't make it better. Okay. Blake Lively for Huntress. I guess I could kind of see that. She has to have dark hair, though. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, she would definitely have to have But then, yeah, sure. Hair. Another actress, Vanessa Kirby, was Ooh. looked at for Huntress. Yeah. Okay. She would, she would have been good. Yeah, I like Vanessa Kirby, too. I like her a lot. Some of the actresses for Black Canary, Janelle Monae. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
That would have been good. She would have been amazing. Uh, and then some of the other actresses, um, uh, Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley, who was just in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay. She played the hippie. Oh, the hitchhiker. Yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Mm, nah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my final thought. Because I, I try to think of how different this movie would have been if it was like Margot Robbie, Blake Lively, Janelle Monet. <laughs> <laughs> like it would have been such a different yeah. movie mm-hmm. such a different movie it would have been fun but this right? was fun this was yes. still fun yes lady one uh if we're done with our final thoughts why don't you send us home so you can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter and instagram at screenfixpod and on facebook just search for screenfix podcast you can listen to the show on stitcher google play Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you are enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell a friend to listen. We also have a Patreon account. You can donate to us. Give us your money. We broke. (laughs) We're definitely not birds of pay because we get nothing. (laughs) Anyway, we have a Patreon account. Search for us on Patreon. Donate to us. Uh, Please, we're desperate. So um, let's leave everybody with your favorite Harley Quinn line from... Birds of Prey, why don't you go first? Guest M, the geek fluent girl. You know what they say, behind every successful man is a badass broad. Oh my God, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. Okay. I like it. Why don't you go ahead? Lady Juan, what's what's one of your favorite lines from Birds of Prey? Do you know what a Harlequin is? A Harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two shits who we are beyond that. Oh, she was drunk when she said that one, huh? That was good. All right, here's mine. <clears throat> Isn't this fun? It's just like a sleepover. We should order pizza, make cosmos. <laughs> this is like Harley in the retirement home. <laughs> oh, this is like, oh, she's, oh my gosh. Oh, this it's is old this, Harley. Old, old lady Harley. Isn't this fun? <laughs> we should just, it's just like a sleepover. We should order pizza. And make Cosmos sugar-free. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really, really good lines. <sighs> All right. So <laughs> we fix Birds of Prey. Tune in next week when we will be fixing Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us to talk Birds of Prey. Yes. And the Geek Fluent Girl. Go follow her on Twitter. Follow her on Twitter. See her hot takes. Yeah. And thank you so much. Please join us again sometime. Lady Juan, thanks again for carrying the show. (laughs) And I'm JC. I'm just here to look good. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You're the eye candy on our podcast. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. JC. (laughs) All right. Bye. Put socks on him. <laughs> you gotta get pod socks. Just like little baby booties. Right? And, and we could like leather. have like somehow like screen fix. Like somebody could like delicately embroider them or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so cute.